massive, massive show today as we have former Purdue player and current ESPN analyst Robbie Hummel on the show. We talk about the PK-85 tournament coming up. We talk about college hoops in general. We talk about Michigan State, Jaden Akins and his hurt foot. How good can Michigan State be if he has to miss a few games? And then, yeah, some great stories from Robbie Hummel's playing days at Breslin Center. Woo, let's get to it. Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To say that I am fired up right now would be a criminal understatement. We have someone that I've wanted to get on this show for, oh God, as, as long as he's been calling games at ESPN. He is the one, the only, Robbie Hummel. He's going to be at the PK-85, but not calling Michigan State games. But hey, nevertheless, awesome to have you on the show, Robbie. Um, so you're joining a Michigan State podcast. Clearly, we weren't that mean to you during your playing days. Is that fair? <laughs> um, you know what? Probably that's probably not accurate. <laughs> but okay. I always it, it wouldn't have been fun and it wouldn't have been a rivalry if everybody was super nice to you when you're on the road, right? <laughs> and Michigan State had really good teams, and I was at Purdue, um, and we had really good teams, so the games were always pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say you guys were nice to me, but I always respected the crowd. I, I respect Coach Izzo at the highest level. Um, and I loved playing at the Breslin Center. I think that atmosphere up there is as good as anywhere you're going to go in the country. Um, so, no, you guys were not nice, but I okay. really enjoyed going up there. <laughs> that makes well, sense. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make up for in the next 30 minutes here. I'll, I'll do what I can. I know that's you know asking a lot to make up for five years of, of torment uh, <laughs> whenever you came to Breslin. But I'll, I'll – Try to do what I can here. Uh, but you kind of, you know what, I got to say, and may- maybe, you know, you'll have something to say that's different than this, but I feel like you're one of the most universally loved analysts on, you know, ESPN, college basketball, because everyone's got polarizing opinions on broadcasters. But I feel like a lot of people love you. Do you get that same vibe when you step into an arena, especially one that you were, you know, maybe not treated well in as far as present center? How, how's that been stepping into former arenas from your playing No, days? I've been, I, yeah, I've been really fortunate. Um, especially in, in Big Ten arenas, people have been super nice. And I have to say that even about going to Indiana. And that wow. that's a major departure from, you, know, you think <laughs> no, about it, it's no much like Michigan, Michigan State, it's a big-time rivalry. Um, so I, I've been really fortunate. People have been extremely nice. It is amazing how polarizing announcers are. Um, when you look at, like, Twitter, and um, it, it's such a subjective field, right? You know, what you like, I might not like, and, and what I like, vice versa, you, you might think is bad. So it, it can just go both ways. You have so many different ways that you can announce in different styles. So it, it's, been, it's been a really positive experience for me. I, I love Big Ten basketball. I always have. I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana. So I was a ball boy for Homer Drew. I loved VU, but I grew up watching Big Ten on, on TV, you know, those ESPN – plus games that were on your local yeah. cable provider and the local channel, channel 56 where I grew up had Indiana and Purdue games on. So I, I just, I've always loved the big 10. I've always had a great appreciation for the league and uh, I really enjoy going around to different places. And, and like I said, people have been so nice to me. Um, it, it's just been a great experience all around. And, you know, I got to say, it's awesome that you're going to be, you know, obviously not calling Michigan State games, but calling this tournament this weekend because it's always a delight when you're on the call. Like, I remember after a few games, I'm like, holy crap. Like, I 
I, I, I like this guy a lot. <laughs> what? Like, this is, a, no, I appreciate this, 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 this is crazy from when you were uh, playing at Purdue, because I got to say, like, I couldn't stand you at Purdue because you were just so good. Um, <laughs> it was just oh, yeah, great. Here he goes. And, and I was lucky. We had really good, double. we had other really good players too. You know, it was really oh, yeah. easy to play oh, yeah. up more. And it was really easy to play up. Joan Johnson, Chris Kramer, Keaton Grant scored a thousand points. Um, so we, we had great players, much like the Michigan State teams did um, when I was in school with Kalen and Darrell Summers. Sure. And, you know, Raymar Morgan, Goran Sutan. Those guys were really talented and, and good, good players as well. And speaking of good Michigan State players, I, holy crap, Robbie. We have a top 15 team now all of a sudden in East Lansing. Uh, the AP poll just dropped this morning. Michigan State is now rated 12. After starting this season unranked, of course, you know how they got there. They beat Villanova. They beat Kentucky. They hung with Gonzaga. Is this as big of a surprise to you, uh, a, a certified ball knower, as it is to me, just some idiot fan? Or is this kind of something that you saw lurking in the shadows going into the season here in East Lansing? I, I think it's totally fair to say that it was a surprise. Um, Michigan State had a good team last year, but it was a team that was 23-13 and 13 and, and had stretched mm-hmm. in the season where you're, you know, they, they lost, I want to say, was it seven of eight or – seven of nine or something, you know, they, they weren't felt like, like the that. World yeah. yeah. Right. End of the year. It was kind of like they were alternating wins and losses and you bring back pretty much the same core, add some, some young bigs and you have a, a totally unproven player in Marty Sissoko. Um, so I guess the assumption was unless the core gets so much, not so much, but incrementally better, you're going to have pretty much the same team. Now everybody's a year older, a year more experienced, a year under coaches, those, system and, and the way he wants to play but I, I think also on top of all those things you're looking at this schedule and you're like all right Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier <laughs> that's that yeah, stuff right. normal Kentucky yeah. patrol Nova at home Bama away and, and or neutral but out on the west coast and then if you win or lose you get Oregon or UConn so the schedule is set up as brutal as I've ever seen. And I have always had so much respect for Coach Izzo in that he will play anyone, anywhere to start the season. But even I was looking at this like, man, this, this could beat your team down. And it could be one of those things where you sink the battleship in the first three weeks of the season. Um, and on top of that, after you leave PK-80, you've got Notre Dame away. And then you play yeah. a Big Ten game in Northwestern at home. Then you go to Penn State which now is looking like it's going to be a much tougher game than maybe was was anticipated with the way they played. So um, it's a gauntlet, but I do think that their players have put the work in. Um, certainly they, they've come into this season with a chip on their shoulder, and I'm sure they heard all the noise about how this, you know, there were rumblings of, of will this team make the NCAA tournament? Um, and with the start they've got up to, I think you've got two already high, high quality wins. You've taken Gonzaga to the limit. You lose by one and you have a huge opportunity to, I think they, there's no reason to believe they cannot win their bracket out here at, at PKI. It's going to be tough. Oh, You'll have to be good teams, but, but the way they played, the experienced guards, I, they could win this tournament. That, that wouldn't shock me. 
And we are going to be back with Robbie Hummel here in a hot second. But first, I just have to talk your ear off about the Upside app. That is right. Hey, we all know about inflation. It's not fun. It is hitting us all right where it hurts. And we are all trying to cut back less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We all agree that there is nothing fun about less. Well, that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. And with Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every single purchase. To get started, well, just download the free Upside app. That's pretty easy. And then use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Just check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you could earn three times more cash back with Upside. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. To get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Hey, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED on the Upside app. Now now I just got to fan myself off here. Now, now I'm just picturing us beating North Carolina and just trying to act like they, sane they just after that game. Like well. Trying to yeah, not be crazy. Carolina has been so underwhelming, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's just... I think when you look at the the bracket, it's not like there is an alpha alpha team, and I'm not sure there's an alpha alpha team in all of college basketball this year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, you may have just saw one of them in Houston. Are are they the real deal? Do you think are they like the driver's seat for the national title contender, or is there even maybe another team if you absolutely had to anoint one so you know, far in the season? I think that when you're talking about the best teams in college basketball, Houston has got to be up there. Texas was incredibly impressive with the way that they handled Gonzaga. Um, that was a home yep. game for them. That that can certainly sway things in college basketball. But the way that Houston went out to Oregon, and, and this Oregon team, and Michigan State could see them, they, they're incredibly, incredibly banged up in their backcourt. And they lost another guy last night to a sprained ankle, Keyshawn Bartholomew, the transfer from Colorado. Um, he left the game, came back out in the boot. So, really, Oregon's guard situation is is Will Richardson um, and then some, some junior college players and a couple of holdovers. But they were playing two seven-footers together last night, and Dana Allman's team is incredibly banged up. Um, and Folly Dante is a really good player for Oregon, and he would certainly be an interesting matchup for uh, Mati Sissoko, much like Eric Dixon was an interesting matchup, but a different type of big than what he's mm-hmm. probably seen so far this season um but houston they do two things at the highest level their pressure when when they're trapping ball screens and they're trapping post-ups they they just put you in such a bind because the pressure they put on the ball and the way they rotate they they turned oregon over at will last night and then they they really can get you on the offensive glass but but the forcing turnovers thing kelvin sampson's defenses are are unbelievable. Teams are shooting. I, I want to say going into the last night, they are surrendering a field goal percentage of like 26%. Or it's like something unbelievable. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> teams, teams are not scoring. They're not. And their schedule has been Northern Colorado, St. Joe's, or Roberts, Texas Southern up until last night. But mm-hmm. they, they have been unbelievable defensively. You know, speaking of a team that has had a soft start to their year as far as schedules go, well, you know, until you face Oregon, obviously, is Alabama. 
Michigan State's first opponent in this PK-85. Now, with that said, while it has been a soft schedule, they have been blowing the doors off these teams, and now they are rated uh, number 18 in the latest AP poll as well. What kind of a matchup will Alabama give Michigan State that we haven't seen from Kentucky or Villanova or Gonzaga? Or, better yet, does Alabama remind you of any of those three teams that I just named? You know, I, I think they're very unique in their style of play under Nate Oates. Um, get ready for a track meet. <laughs> they are going to play yeah. as fast as anybody you see. And, and Michigan State wants to push the tempo too. So this is one of those games where transition offense is going to be at a premium. They, they jack threes. They haven't shot at a great percentage so far this season, but they live on the offensive glass. I, I want to say they may be the top-rated offensive rebounding team on Ken Palm as of right now. Um, they just, they are getting them up and they are chasing after them. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see two teams that like to get out, like to run. They like to push the tempo, um, which, you know, Michigan state's a group that is used to seeing that because they want to push the tempo. So it, it's one of those deals where transition defense is going to be absolutely key, but this is a really talented Alabama roster. Nate Oates has recruited at a high, high level. They've got really talented freshmen in Brandon Miller, who's averaging 20 oh, yeah. a game. Um, Rylan Griffin, also a big-time freshman, averaging 10 a game. They just they have good players. They have really good players. And, uh, you know, they're, they're still trying to to work back. Javon Quinterly, who we've seen have success there, towards ACL late in the year, um, last season. But, yeah, it's going to be a track meet. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm looking forward to it. So all I heard you say right there is just uh, take the over, no matter what it is. Uh, is that the, <laughs> yeah. the, the sound advice that you're you're lending to all this? Okay, got it. Yeah. If, if shots are falling, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about it. And so, you know, also I, I got to get to this piece of MSU news that also dropped today as well. Tom Izzo did say that Jaden Aikens tweaked his foot at the end of the game. The x-rays were negative, but he has not practiced the last two days and said that he should be able to play Thursday, but maybe a little bit. But Point blank, like when you watch Michigan State, you watch Jaden Akins. Is this a team that can, I don't know, survive a season without Akins? I guess that's a long way of saying how important is Akins to this team, in your opinion? I, I think they could survive, but that would severely hamper their ceiling. Uh, gotcha. Because I feel like he's a guy that's going to continue to get healthier if he does not have any setbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really talented it's concerning to see where he has a stress fracture in that foot he has to sit out and I, I was watching the game live and I went back and rewound it a couple of times to see if he had maybe rolled his ankle um just because I, I knew that that foot had been the one that he had the the stress reaction in and it just there wasn't much there he just jumped and landed and those right. are the types of things that really scare you especially for a guy that's been dealing with that type of, of injury um, so I, I think that if he doesn't play for a couple games, can they get by with that? Yeah, I think so. Cause I, I really like the way that AJ Hogarth's played. Um, Tyson Walker certainly is a different mindset this year and a different type of confidence than what we saw last season, even though he had flashes, the game winner against Purdue. Um, I think it was the game against Illinois where he made like a million pull-ups <laughs> with their drop coverage. Yeah, uh, Joe Hauser has, has been excellent outside of the aircraft carrier. And I, I really like Malik Hall. I, I still want to see him be a little more aggressive offensively at times. And I think consistency is huge for him. But Michigan State's got a really nice roster. Can they 
take a couple of games where Jay Nakins isn't there? Yeah, I think so. But over the course of the season, if you're talking about winning the Big Ten and you're talking about making a deep run in the NCAA tournament, Jay Nakins has a different type of burst. And we saw it in the Villanova game where he gets out in transition and just hammers it. Um, I forget who it was on. Maybe it was a Brandon uh, Slater. <laughs> that poor guy. Who, whoever it was, I felt horrible for him. Yeah, I think uh, it was Brandon Slater. Uh, I think you're right. Funny. And you're going up over the top of that. Um, so I, I just think he's a, the type of player that can make really athletic plays and was a guy that everybody thought was going to break out before he hurt his foot. So um, I would just say, I guess the, that's a long answer. The short answer to that is I think they can handle it if it's a few games, but if it's a long time, it would definitely hurt their ceiling. And we are not done with Mr. Robbie Hummel just yet. We got some fun stories from him coming on the other side of this quick break. I just need to talk your ear off about betonline.net. Yes, they already have their lineup for the Michigan State versus Penn State football game this upcoming weekend. Our Spartans are getting 17 and a half points. If you think that our Spartans are going to bounce back, well, <laughs> mosey on over to betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all covered at betonline.net. And hey, if you love sports podcasts, which my guess is that you do as you're listening to this currently, you can find even more of those at Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all the betting action and scratch that betting itch. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online where the game starts. To get to your playing days here and i want to tie in your playing days too with this little tournament going on uh with the pk 85 this three-day invitational uh you played in a few of these you played at one of the virgin islands i believe when you're at purdue but what is the biggest benefit for a team in these three-day tournaments over thanksgiving is it just chemistry off the court getting this time to do a really cool tournament is it something that you're looking for on the quarter what is the biggest benefit to a player for these quick little three-day tournaments well, I think there's a lot of benefit to it. I think it gives you a good simulation of what the NCAA tournament's going to be like, where you're playing mm-hmm. multiple games in a short period of time um, on a neutral site. It also, for most of these high major teams, like a Michigan State, you get opportunities to get quality wins and play people that you don't normally get to see, which I always really enjoy doing. Um, I just think that you find out a lot about yourselves. And on top of that, for the, for most of them, you're going to a pretty cool place, whether that's Vegas, whether that's the islands in Hawaii or Atlantis, or like you mentioned, we went to the Paradise Jam, which the hurricane kind of really yeah. destroyed, unfortunately. And they started to have it again, but it's it's much smaller, you know, mid-major, low-major teams that, that go. And that's, that's really too bad because it was a great, great event. Um, or even New York City or – you know, there's some other ones, Myrtle Beach and Destin, Florida, and they're they're all over now, right? They used to be that yeah. it was Alaska and it was Hawaii. Um, right and now, they're they're kind of all over the place. You're totally right about the team chemistry stuff, um, but you know, when you play in these events, there's not as much free time as maybe you'd think because it, it is looked at as such a business trip. And okay. actually, when we when we played down in the in the the Virgin Islands in St. Thomas. Um, the field was really good, and it was going to be us in Tennessee who were both ranked in the top ten at the time that, that would meet in the final. And I remember we, we won our first two games, and on the third day, so it was, it was much like the PK tournament where you played Thursday, played Friday, Saturday off, played championship Sunday. 
Okay. Saturday, there was an excursion that the the event had set up, and it was you go on this this uh, it wasn't a sailboat, it was like a catamaran, and go to this island, and it was a snorkeling thing, and it was going to be see the sea turtles and all the fish, and there's a reef there, and the snorkeling is really good in the Virgin Islands. So, Coach Painter was told this, and he was like, "No way." Like, we're not doing oh, that. No. You're not going to be in the sun for three hours. We got to be <laughs> hydrated. We, you know, we're not going to be tired from swimming around in this stupid boat. And the event organizer actually told him after he initially said no, and he said, "You know, coach, the team that has won this event every year, they have never turned down the snorkeling trip." And after wow. he heard that, he he let us go. And we went out there, and we were out there probably for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, take the boat ride, snorkel for a little bit, and get back on, come back in. And we ended up winning the tournament. <laughs> but the coaches a lot of the time are really paranoid about you going and doing stuff because they, you know, they obviously want to win, and it's important that you yeah. win. Um, it's not, and, and honestly, these trips suck when you go down there and lose, especially the first game. Because then it just sets the tone, and oh, everybody sure. is miserable for the entire trip. They are they are hard to salvage. We we went out to Vegas my freshman year around Christmas, and we lost to Iowa State, who got last in the Big Twelve, which is crazy because Greg McDermott was the coach, and they had Wesley Johnson, who went to Syracuse and was a top ten pick, and they had Craig Brackens, who was a top ten pick. Um, so they were really talented. But we lost the first game and played horribly, and the whole trip was just totally miserable. <laughs> it, it, it just ruins everything. Mine's are just off immediately. Just, that's, that's nice. But I like that, though. Okay, so if Michigan State beats Alabama on Thursday, then beats, we'll call it UConn on Friday. They have to find the finest snorkeling in Portland, Oregon, uh, to, <laughs> to guarantee the win. Yeah, I don't know what your excursion here, like trip to Mount St. Helens, trip to sure. Mount Hood, maybe trip to the Nike store. <laughs> that might yeah. be the, that might be the play right there. And as a Nike school, I have no doubt that Michigan State would have a hard time getting those kids into the Nike employee store. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, I, I want to go back to the, the last comment I made about bad vibes. And this is a memory I have from my sophomore year, the 2011-2012 season. Big matchup. I believe you guys were in the top 10 visiting Breslin Center. And I was part of the Izone, and I got to apologize right now. Um I, I may have been one of the people like mean to you guys. I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time ago, you see, Robbie. But regardless, <laughs> I didn't know until after the game what you guys went through the 24 hours building up to that. I, I'm, I'm fuzzy oh, on the details. I doubt you're fuzzy on the details. What? No, no, no. What I happened? have a very vivid memory of this. Um, actually, so we this is the year after I'd, I'd come back. I'd blow my knee out twice. Etuan Moore mm-hmm. and Juwan Johnson in the NBA. Chris Kramer and Keaton Grant have graduated. So the team is much different. Uh, we ended up being a 10 seed that year, but it was, you know, Lewis Jackson was a really good player. He was okay. our point guard. Ryan Smith was still there. DJ Bird ended up being sixth man of the year in the league that season, but we were not nearly as talented as we had been the previous years. And I will say I had not gotten back to playing. I would say the normal, I, I didn't feel great. I was still trying to kind of get through the stuff with my knees and we roll in there we're going to fly out the night before we practice at Purdue. We're just going to get there, get to East Lansing um, and get a good night's sleep. And it was a noon game. It was early. So we go to the airport around, I want to say three thirty, four, 
and there's a terrible snowstorm coming into to West Lafayette. And we probably, part of this is Purdue's fault because we, we must not have looked at the weather channel or been aware <laughs> of what was coming or whatever. But the snow starts coming down. And they're de-icing the plane, and then we're going to take off, and they're like, we can't take off. You know, it's, it's, we have to go back and de-ice again. So we do that a couple of times. Then we wait, and now 4 o'clock is becoming 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock oh and 9 God. o'clock. And we oh still God. haven't taken off. We're still at the airport at like 1130, and it's a noon tip. You know, you're looking at this oh. game is not far away. <laughs> and – at around that time, we decide, all right, we're not flying tonight. Go back to Mackey, and we're going to figure out what we're going to do. So around 1230 or 1 in the morning, it is decided that go get two hours of sleep, and we are going to bust to East Lansing at like 4, which is, I want to say, a five-hour trip from West Lafayette or so. So I think that sounds that. right. Yeah. I didn't sleep on the bus at all. I cannot sleep on a bus. Or I struggle on planes. I just I don't do well with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really slept like yeah. an hour. And we get to East Lansing. And it's one of those things where you, like, shower and shave and go out and warm up at the Breslin Center. You know, like, it is not ideal. And I, I had the worst game of my college career. It's the only time I did not make a field goal in a game. I was 0 for 11 wow. at one point. Um, we were in it in the first half and we got our doors blown off in the second. It was, it was not ideal. And I remember after the game, you know, it was, it was really depressing because it's like, man, this is a lot different and this season is not going well. Now we started playing better, but at that point in time, it was a major question mark if we would make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think we ended up losing by 30 points. <laughs> and if, if you could bet on that game, knowing the backstory, it would have right. been the easiest money in history. Right. You guys, you had Draymond Green and Adrian Payne sure. and, you know, Keith Appling and all these guys. And it was just – it would have been a tall task for us to win anyway. But given, given the, uh, the situation, uh, it, was, it was not good. Yeah, Draymond Green, Keith Appling, and uh, playing against the Purdue team that slept for a collective 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had no yeah. clue until after the game where I, I talked to my dad, and this is still, like, one of his favorite, like, you know, college sports, like, things in his past. So he'll be thrilled that I'm bringing this up with you. Um, but, man, I'm, I'm sorry you were on the receiving end of uh, that horrendous day of travel. Um, that's, it, it was bad. That's as bad as I've probably ever had as a player. That, that's that's going to be tough to overcome if that's your type of travel night you have going into a noon game. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And yeah, no, sorry. I got the detail mixed up about you being a top 10 team. You guys were just in the top 15, the rest of your career. And I just got the seasons mixed up, of course, but man, what a, what a calamity. <laughs> that, it was, was, it was terrible. It was terrible. I, that's, there was a couple of nights that, that year where, where my dad was trying to cheer me up in any way, shape or form. And I'm sure <laughs> that was one of them. There, we lost to Michigan at home that season. And I played horribly. And, again, I, I just didn't feel like I was moving good and I, I wasn't uh-huh. making any shots. And I, I was like 6 of 24. Missed the game winner. And my dad, this is awesome, he gave his credit card to my roommate, um, who's now with the Lakers as a, as a video guy. And he literally said, go to the local steakhouse, get whatever you want, get Rob whatever he wants, <laughs> and try to make him feel better. It was a tough year. And then all of a sudden things clicked. And, you know, at the end of the season, we were actually playing really well and almost beat Kansas, lost by, I want to say, two. 
Um, gotcha. Uh, in a game where they ended up going all the way to the national championship. Man, man. Well, that's dad of the year points right there. I mean, that's a way to, you know, just be there for the, for the pick me up. No doubt about that. Um, really quick, <laughs> no before I let you go, do you, do you have any good resident center stories, like ones that aren't completely terrible to look back on? Or what was your favorite? Yeah, actually, I, I really liked playing there. Yeah. And, okay. you know, <laughs> it's funny. My, my freshman year, I got – I was as sick as I think I've ever been and didn't play. And it was a close game. My sophomore year, it was on my birthday. We got our freaking – we got – it was a 10-point loss, but we were never in the game. It was on okay. senior night. I swear to God, it was one of those weird games where the game looked like it was over, and then we made a three, and then, you know, you guys turned it over, and we made another shot, and then the, the starters would come out, they'd kiss the floor, and then coaches would put them back in. I, I swear oh. that Marquise Gray kissed the floor like six times. <laughs> That's my memory of, of that game. Um, so I lost my birthday there. My junior year, we played really well and, and won, and you guys had lost three in a row, and that was to put us all in a three-way tie for first place in the Big Ten, um, which we actually all ended up tying, us, Ohio State and Michigan State. Gotcha. Uh, but Kalen Lucas had sprained his ankle. So winning there, that was the first time I'd ever won at the Breslin Center. So that was awesome. Um, Etwan Moore was phenomenal that night, and so was Juwan Johnson. I also remember, this is so random, I remember this, but in that game, uh, I was checking in at the scores table, and there was this ring on the floor and I picked it up and put, gave it to the, the scorekeeper and it ended up being one of the cheerleaders, this ring that I think her grandmother had like passed down to her. Uh, oh, wow. She like, she like messaged me on at the time. I want to say it was Facebook or whatever, just like thanking me. Cause if she had lost it, it would have been crushing to her. Um, so yeah, that, that was a good year. The next year I sat out and we won as well. So I, I do have positive memories of playing there. <laughs> And honestly, the the Izone is as good of a student section as you will find. And do they say some mean things? Absolutely. Does the Indiana Sorry. student section say mean things? Absolutely. Does the Purdue student section say mean things? Yes, they do. You know, it's it's a part of <laughs> it's a part of playing high major college basketball, and they'll they'll find out your girlfriend's name. Um, you know, we played at Alabama <laughs> my junior year. They had life size printouts of all of us in these stupid Halloween costumes. <laughs> They were Perfect. just on the baseline. They, if you had Facebook back then, it was just immediate ammo, right? They find out who your girlfriend is. They find out all these stupid things you're doing as a college student. Um, but I, I always love playing there, and I, I think that it's a, it's a great venue for college basketball. Well, we love that you are back on the microphone still doing your work on ESPN and not going away from the college game at all because, hey, like, like I said, if, if I could blow any more sunshine up your butt, uh, you, you are definitely one of my favorites analyst out there not even just for college basketball really just any sport and i, I genuinely mean that you know no, if I, I, wanted I, I appreciate you saying do it Thank before you. the interview but now now i really mean it because you know without a doubt i cannot wait to see uh you know what happens hey not just at the pk85 the games you're calling the games michigan state is playing in, but the rest of the season as well uh good luck traveling the rest of the way i hope it wasn't like some weird jinx where now flying back from Portland's going to be a nightmare or anything like that. But yeah, just the rest of the season for you. Best of luck out there. I mean, this is great having you on. So can't thank oh, you enough, thank Robbie. You. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me.